Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boche, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Welcome back to the show, Up Nexters. It is Gabrielle, and this week we have another incredible guest to talk about her story and the work that she's doing that's impacting our generation around the world. This week we're talking with Natalia of Think Natalia, and Think Natalia is a Dubai-based, award-winning bilingual public speaker. She has her own impression management coaching company, and she's known as a digital influencer and an edutainer. I was able to connect with Natalia on LinkedIn, of all things, uh, working and, and talking about how we're working with millennials, how we're inspiring, how we are really trying to crack the nut of what motivates our generation. So I am super thrilled and really excited to have Natalia with me today. Natalia, welcome. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. Well, I am really excited. So we were joking before we jumped on. I'm in here, Washington, D.C. You are in Dubai, and we've got this nine-hour difference, but because of technology, it's like we're just hanging out at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. But you're not from Dubai. You're originally from Germany. Tell us about that journey of you growing up in Germany, and how did you end up in Dubai? (laughs) A good question. So my parents are both from Poland, but I've been raised in Germany. I grew up in Germany. I have a German passport and all that. But the first, I think, three, four years um, when I grew up, I I learned the Polish language and I was socialized in the Polish way. And then once I was in kindergarten, um, the German culture and language jumped in. So I always had the impression that I wear two hats. So I'm sort of Polish, but I'm also sort of German, and I always find that beautiful and interesting. And um, But I always felt a little bit like an alien or a stranger. And, uh, well, I kept that feeling with me without uh, much thinking about it. And um, let's take a few years forward. When I was in my studies, a lot of people said, you know, when you want to make it internationally, when, when you want to have this great career, you need to study abroad. You need to have an internship or just go, I don't know, and, and, and study abroad to, to get this international experience to improve your English. And uh, I looked at a few friends who did that and asked them how the experience was. And they said, you know, I partied very hard. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I, they came back with, with huge debts and they said, well, they didn't learn so much. So I said, hmm, doesn't convince me so much. So you know what? I do that after my studies. So the first job after my studies will be abroad. And uh, I'm a huge believer in something up there. We call it universe or a higher power or force. And I do believe that it listens. So uh, my first job offer after I finished my studies was actually abroad, and it was in the United Arab Emirates. So I said, oh, wow, well, let's try it. So I I flew over uh, for a week and, um, you know, tried simple things like, you know, this may sound crazy, but I've been heavily brainwashed back then, and I was very insecure, you know, as a woman in the Middle East, can I... Can I get a taxi on my own? You know, can I move on my own? Yeah, Do I need to cover and all that? And I was like, like a huge part of me was scared, but I was also very curious. And I loved it. 
And I said, you know, let's give it a try. I had a long discussion with my mom and I said, mom, you know, if I fail, if I don't like it, can I come back? And she said, you know, of course. So go out there and be great. That's incredible. And I had a very similar journey myself as moving from California out to the East Coast. And I had one very good friend who said something similar. She said, you know, Gabrielle, if you come back and you've totally failed and you have no money and you feel like you're totally totally a loser, I, none of us are going to be disappointed in you. We're going to be proud of you for going out there and for trying. And I think as uh, as millennials and as women, having that support system around you, that's like, that is awesome. You know, way to totally fall on your face. That was incredible, right? Yeah. Because we have to, we have to practice failure. I think the more you fail when you're younger, the more successful you'll be when you're older because you've, you've learned how to pick yourself up and, and keep running. Yeah, definitely. Like I come from a, from an athlete's background. So my mom, she used to be a professional speed skater for the Polish Olympic uh, squad. And, uh, you know, the first thing that I remember um, in winter time is that, you know, when I was able to walk, my dad and my mom, they put me on ski. You know, I was barely able to, to stand, but they put me on these thingies and, you know, I did sports. And later on, I was introduced to swimming and I was introduced to badminton and I was introduced to uh, to jogging and all that. So my parents, my dad also used to be a ski teacher. They always encouraged me to do sports, to try new things to ridiculously fail, but to to learn and to find out, you know, what what makes me me yeah. or what is interesting. Yeah. Now, one of the the stories that you talk about on your website, thinknatalia.com, is how you went into isolation for nine months to find your purpose. Mm -hmm. What caused you or inspired you to cut yourself off in the world to find who you were and what you were supposed to do? Well, in my second job, I... I kind of made it or I, I had it all. That's how people labeled it. I was on the cover of, of various industry magazines with my team. We won amazing excellence awards in Saudi Arabia and South Africa and the UAE. I drove sports car, a sport car. I had so much money. I could go shoe shopping and to brunches every weekend. Um, <laughs> but I was so tired and I was exhausted and I was continuously sick and uh, I don't know, like when I looked into the mirror one day, I realized that I wasn't able to smile or laugh anymore. And my jokes, they turned more and more sarcastic. And, you know, I, I felt as if I was crawling and I just didn't believe that this is what life is all about. I, I believe that I deserve better or I can do better. Yeah. So at a certain stage, um, I think it must have been another night at the hospital and the next day I went to work and my line manager just told me, oh, you can't do this or you should do this or whatever. And I said, you know what, screw it. <clears throat> Sorry for my language. Uh, maybe I need to push the, the reset button. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going on a sabbatical, I don't know, nine months, a year or something. And I'm going to have a look at each and every concept that I was taught um, like family, career, happiness, uh, religion, politics. What does that mean to me? Uh, what, what makes me happy? What, what do I want to do with my life? What is this purpose thingy that everybody talks about? So, yeah, that's what I did. I literally, I read up to five books per week. I, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. I meditated. I did sports. I changed my food. I changed my language. I changed my friends. And step by step, I did one new thing 
um, per week maybe to find out who I am and what I'm great at and how I want to spend my life. So walk us through what that looked like, what that felt like, because one of the, the big life questions, whether you're you know 22 or 62, is, you know, why am I here and what am I supposed to do? And so is there, you know, is there a formula to help someone find their purpose? And if there is one, how do you figure it out? Well, I read something powerful recently. Um, create a list of all the things that you always wanted to do. And no matter how embarrassing it is, it could be learning to play the guitar. It could be jumping out of an airplane. It could be learning a new language or modeling. That's what I wanted to do, crazy enough. Um, or starting a blog and write all that down and then categorize it into A, B, and C. And start with the things on list A and literally just do them, even if you don't feel ready. And then once you've done it for a while, let's say, I don't know, two, three weeks or something, sit down and observe your feelings and, and, and what you feel, what you think is great, if you like it, yes or no. And then either continue practicing that or if you say, nah, that's not me because of so-and-so, go to the next thing. Um, I learned after quite some time, it took me almost forever, that you can make a living from anything that you are passionate about. So forget money. Like if you think money, that's a total blockage. Like you will not get any far. So I threw away the idea of I need to make money from that. So I focused at a certain stage on three questions. What do I like doing? Number two, what am I good at? And number three, how can I contribute to this planet? Um, and so at this stage, I then dig deeper and dig deeper and had a look at everything that I did and, you know, forced myself at a certain stage to make that decision because I felt as I'm running in circles and, you know, I was running out of money. I, I needed to borrow money to fill up a fridge from, from a friend. It's horrible. I felt like a huge, ridiculous failure, um, but so close to finding out who I am and what I want to do. And, um, well, at a certain stage, it's just made click. And I said, you know, I decide for speaking, coaching, and influencing. These are my things for now, and it's okay. And if I will change or grow into something different at a certain stage in life, it's okay as well. But this is the foundation, yeah. and it feels that's, right. That's really good. And I really want to reiterate that for our listeners is, you know, what Natalia is talking about, our, our concepts we talk about on the show all the time is that it's okay that you don't have it all figured out, but you have to take extreme measures to find out who you are and what you're supposed to do and whether those extreme measures are you know cutting off unhealthy relationships whether that's moving to a different location i'm a big fan of changing your physical location to change your mental location that you need to to radically shift your thinking and oftentimes that means you know moving or you know spending time away from from certain people but it it takes a, a level of intentionality that purpose, you don't find your purpose on accident. It doesn't just, you know, hit you over the head one day. It's, you know, wow, I, I need to be, you know, introspective and I need to ask questions. And I love the technique that you shared with us today is, you know, to take, to try out different things that you think you want to do, but then build in time to reflect and to say, does that resonate with me? Does, does that make sense with who I am and where I want to go? And, and, and if yes, keep doing it. But it's okay if the answer is no and you decide to choose, 
a different direction. Exactly. So you have spent the last, you know, 12 years studying human behavior, uh, figuring out why people do what they do. Uh, you're just finishing up your doctorate right now, um, which you'll be defending here in, a, in the next few months, which is incredibly exciting. So what made you fascinated with human behavior? And more importantly, as we've talked about before, is what's so interesting about the millennial generation? Mm -hmm. Well, the way the story, how I decided to study what I study is hilarious. And actually, it's almost embarrassing, but I'm willing to share it because I think it's just, I mean, my mom is still joking about it today. So I finished um, school and then my parents encouraged me to study because I come from a background where we believe in, you know, the higher your degree, the more likely you will find a well-paid job. And I was totally overwhelmed because school didn't prepare me for, for, for work life. I'm sorry, like I learned a lot of great stuff, but I didn't learn who I am and I didn't learn what I want to do. And I didn't learn what is this job thing about? It's like, why do I need to take so much responsibility at the moment? I was like, Ugh. So um, anyway, and um, I wanted to go on a summer vacation with a very good friend. And, you know, we were planning everything. Oh, we're going there. and We're going to visit this and that. And like five days before I wanted to go on that holiday vacation, my mom told me, if you don't subscribe or if you don't apply uh, to any university, you're not going. I was like, say what? Um, So, okay, I sat down and I said, I really like my hometown. So let's look for something um, yeah, where I where I live, and I I looked at everything that you can study, and I found everything so limiting and so focused, and and I'm a person I I get bored very quickly, and I'm interested in everything. So one um, field of study that clicked with me very quickly was social science because it was a mix of a few things. So the focus would be sociology, which is human behavior. I had a little bit of social psychology, which I found interesting. There was a lot of politics and a little bit of law. And I said, well, that sounds amazing. And I also understood that after studying that, you literally need to create your own bubble because there is not the job when you are a social scientist. Like if you study medicine, you become a doctor. If you study engineering or, or law, you know, you become a lawyer or an engineer. But if you study what I studied, then the world is your oyster, which is exciting and oh, yeah. scaring at the same time. But I said, you know what, just, just go for that. And um, I was fascinated pretty quickly. I just, uh, human beings are just, I don't know, my passion since I can think. It's, yeah, I find it interesting. But what was the second part of your question again? Please remind me. Well, it was, why are you so interested in, in millennials? How are you taking that study of, of people and directing it towards our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I observed a lot of conflicts in between generations for some bizarre reason. Like people would raise their voice and they would feel offended. And uh, I mean, in, in companies, there were a lot of conflicts and all that. And I observed it that it's going on a lot between fresh graduates and the people who are longer in a company. And then I stumbled over a book um, it's by a German author and um, the title was something like, as I translated, um, happiness is more important than money or something. I was like, ooh, let's study more and let's find it out. And then I realized that 
there's a huge change of values going on in the job market right now, and also a huge change of, of power, if you believe some studies. Because what millennials want is what they see in their private life, so they want more um, a co-equal treatment. They want more work-life balance, if that exists. Some people say there's only a work-life blend. They want... Um, equal rights to express themselves. They want to, you know, just getting money and maybe eventually a higher title is not as important as um, adding value and sustainable work and making a difference. And I found that so fascinating that I decided to study that deeper and, and find it out, you know, why and where is this going towards. And now you are, through Think Natalia, transitioning from this theory-based and studying our generation into actually coaching and training our generation to find our personal brand, develop our purpose statement, really figure out who we are and what we're supposed to do. So tell us about that transition from just theory, right, into action and, and what are some of the challenges you've experienced? The transition from theory into action. Hmm. Well, something that I learned very quickly is that theories are great, but they are just a raw model and a real life is different because human beings, they don't act rational as in a textbook. And there's so many factors out there that, that have an influence on each and every situation. And, um, you know, you just need to be open-minded and listen towards it and then, you know, figure out what is important to you. A lot of people, they, they work by the handbook or by the theory and they live by it and at a certain stage realize, well, it doesn't work. And this is actually the type of clients that I coach are the people who, you know, in German we say who lived for the CV or lived by example and then realize, you know, Corporate life's not for me. I want to do my own thing and I want to make a difference. So most of the people that I work with come from corporate um, and realize I want to have my own thing and it's in the lifestyle industry and, you know, it might not be this technical or this traditional kind of job that my parents wanted me to do or that my parents know about, but it makes me happy. I help other people. And Natalia, I just need to help. You need to help me with factors like... Um, self-presentation, self-marketing. Some people, they don't know how to start a blog. Some people are not very um, self-confident when it comes to pitching themselves in a minute or how to write an article. So these are steps where I help them. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's that being your own um, brand ambassador and representing yourself. And, and I think millennials, we naturally are good at being personal marketers. Uh, we know, you know, everything from Instagram to Facebook and Snapchat, you know, how to get, you know, more likes or more shares. And I think in, uh, intuitively we understand, but we need to have, at least many of the people that I, I work with and my colleagues, someone who says it's okay to brag about yourself in a way that shows the value that you bring. You know, it's okay to represent yourself well. It's it's okay and it's important for you to be confident in who you are. And uh, sometimes you're the only person who's going to be your best representative. And so rather than waiting for someone else to come along and say, oh, yeah, I'll open up this opportunity for you, so much of being successful is taking those opportunities and even more than that, creating those opportunities as well. No, definitely. But I think there's a fine line and there is um, 
something that I observed um, over the last month is it's okay to brag and it's okay to go out there and say, I'm great if you add value, if you contribute to the society, if you're really amazing in something. And I do believe that all of us are, like some people are great in singing, some people are great in solving problems, some people are great in, I don't know, baking cakes. But just bragging for the sake of bragging or like, I know like this, this um, classic stuff like I'm on a boat. It's so cool here in Dubai on the weekend on Facebook. I think I see a school billion times hashtag I'm on a boat. And I think that's not your boat. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to see that. that yeah. Exactly. And the next thing is you work in a miserable job and now you're, I know you're unhappy. So please don't post that picture to say how cool you are because I don't think it's cool when you're unhappy. So if you, you know, um, achieve the next milestone in, in setting up your own business or if you overcame like a huge fear or something and then gifted yourself with, I'm on a boat, awesome. But, you know, just bragging for the sake of bragging, I'm kind of allergic towards that. Oh, I like that. I, that's a great way of saying it. I'm just, I'm allergic to it. You know, it just, yep. it makes me itchy. I don't like it. And uh, that that's such a fantastic point is we're not supposed to be, you know, getting stuff or doing things just to, to do them. But I love that you're talking about adding value. And uh, that's one of the best ways, whether you're looking to apply for a job or you're looking to get your next client, talking about the value that you bring rather than, you know, what you can do for them or what they can do for you uh, is a surefire way to not only build a better relationship, but to, you know, secure the client or secure the opportunity because people pay for value. They pay for transformation. And when you bring that sort of value transformation experience to them, they're willing to invest in you. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So we are here at the end of our interview. I could talk to you about this for you know hours because we're totally on the same page about you know our generation and empowering us and we're we're all about uh helping our peers and our colleagues really find you know who they are and really get on track and i think all of us no matter what age you are what direction you're going need to have a reset and so hopefully this um this time that i've had with natalia today has reset our audience to really think differently about who they are and where they're going. But I'm going to ask you one last question, which I ask all of our guests here on the show at Up Next, and it's this. If the 12-year-old version of you were to meet you now and, and see what you're doing and see everything that you've you've accomplished, what would she think about it? If the 12-year-old me would see that, hmm, I think she would be excited because if I want to be very honest, around 13, I had for the first time in my life, a feeling of where I want to be in my 30s. I could not tell you what it is that I'm doing. I could not tell you where I would live, but I know how I would feel. And I feel that now, like these 20, 25 years later. And um, yeah, the 12 year old would be highly excited. <laughs> well, that is incredible. Well, thank Natalia. Thank you so much for joining us, telling us your story and, uh, you know, kicking us in the butt to really start focusing and thinking differently. And I encourage all of our guests to ch check out her site at thinknatalia.com.